you today again. Thank you for being here uh, at Great Hills Baptist Church. We are, uh, in, at least in this year of 2018, we are calling this series of messages for the one. And what we're doing is we're studying the New Testament where Jesus Christ engages individuals. And G. Campbell Morgan in his fabulous book called The Great Physician says there are 50 of these occasions in the Bible. 50 in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where Jesus Christ individually, one-on-one, ministered to, cared for, helped, served, saved, raised. I mean, you, you read about it in the New Testament. And one of these is John the Baptist. Now, Jesus and John have this encounter in the Jordan River. And I can't wait to go to the Jordan River. And two months from today, I will be standing in the Jordan River. Praise the Lord. I can't hardly wait. John, the baptizer baptizes Jesus Christ in the Jordan River. And so they have this wonderful moment. Now, you think about it. Of all the people God, the Father, could choose to baptize his son, he chose this guy. Have you ever thought about that? Why? Why would God give this pristine honor to this one man? Now, I want to tell you something. This is an Austin man. He has some eccentricities, some oddities, He's got some strangeness about him, and I, I love him. I love him. You say, well, what's so strange about him? Well, all he eats is locusts, that's strange enough, and wild honey, and his hair comes to about down here to his, to his backside. He is a fiery individual, and yet he has this strange, unique sense about humility about him, coupled with this audacity, this, this passion for God. I mean, you see him throughout the New Testament, and he's always honoring and praising Jesus Christ. He's preaching about Jesus. He's baptizing Jesus. And in his humanity, we'll see in a few moments, he even doubts Jesus. So I relate to him. He would fit well in our church. He would fit well in our, in our city. John the Baptist, for the one. He's the one. By the way, some of you are the one today. Some of you have come today, and you, you want to have an encounter with God. Let me just tell you, you're in the right place at the right time. How often can you hear a man baptize his granddaughter in Chinese and Mandarin? I mean, that's amazing. And then to sing about God's incredible love for, listen, not, not to the 99, not for the 99 million, not for the billions, but for the one. And many of you today, you're, you're that one. You've never taken that first step toward God and received forgiveness of sins and pardon and, and where God takes away your guilt and your shame and your past and all those things that the devil bubbles up in you and makes you fearful and shameful. And Jesus Christ says, listen, I bore all of that for you on the cross. And all you have to do is put your faith and trust in me and watch what I will do. I will give you a divine pardon, a cleansing. It, was, it will be as if you've never sinned and I will raise you up and give you abundant and eternal life. That's for you, the one, all right? Speaking of the one, this week, this past week, many of our college students were in San, uh, South Padre Island there in South Texas, and they were out witnessing and sharing the gospel on spring break. Now, some of you think, well, that's not what I was doing on spring break when I was in college or in high school. Well, let me tell you something. These guys went, and they led over 50 people to Christ. Your college ministry did that, by the way. And so we praise the Lord for them. I'm sorry, it was what? 167. Like I said, they led 167 <laughs> people to Christ. Tell me 50. <laughs> wow. 
hey, listen, if you want to correct me and interrupt me like that anytime, please do. I, I, I love that. I love that good, good news. Thank you. So last week, we looked at this baptizer, John. We looked at his unique birth. We saw how he was a prophet of God, somebody who baptized lots of people. And then we began studying his life and his ministry. And I got into this New Testament text of John this week. And so what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to wait another week till we actually get into his baptism of Jesus. And that's going to work out beautifully when it comes. I can't, I can't wait to preach on that text with you, Matthew 3, 13 through 17. But today I just feel like that this man is just so important, so uh, he has such a prominent role in the New Testament. In fact, Jesus said he's the greatest man ever born. Isn't that strong? Jesus Christ said, of all of us born, born among women, none is greater than this man, John the Baptist. And I ask myself, why? And so as I study his life with you today, I think one of the first reasons why is because of his passion for God. God is attracted to people who are passionate for him. Number two is humility. He has genuine humility. He is all about Jesus increasing and himself decreasing. He's all about making God's name and fame and renown known throughout the world. And it's not about him. And so it's his passion. It's his, huma his humility. But also, I, I love John because he's just real. He, he doubts. You say, is it okay to doubt? You know, God is bigger than our doubts. God can handle our questions. God can handle our doubting. And then finally today, we're going to study his martyrdom. And so he loved Jesus so much that he was willing to preach truth and to lay down his life for the cause of the gospel. But for the first thing I want you to notice with me is his passion. He said, Jesus, you must increase and I must decrease. And, and you see it in, in, in the New Testament where he says things like, Lord, I, I'm, it's all about you and I, I want to honor you with my life. And he, he calls out the hypocrites. He calls out the Pharisees and the scribes and, and the religious elite of the day. They were the ones that God had tasked to redeem Israel, to bring Israel in and minister to them and be pastors to them. But if you read the New Testament, you notice that that is exactly what did not happen. They were not good shepherds. They were not good priests. They were not good pastors. And John, like Jesus, called them out for it. So he's very passionate in his, in his love for God. I like the way this one writer puts it. He says... Here he is, the earliest messenger of the gospel. And he planted anew in the deepest souls of redeemed men a burning passion for the salvation of sinful men. In John 5.35, he is called a burning and shining light. He kindled these holy fires around the master. He brought the divine coal of spiritual passion from the heart of the master. And thank God, this flaming, kindling fire has spread down through the centuries as the mighty creating factor in all missionary, evangelistic, benevolent, and educational enterprises even to today. May that same holy fire burn with renewed glory and power in us and from the heart of all of those who follow Jesus, end of quote. He has this inexorable, relentless passion for Jesus. Listen, you can't preach what I'm about to share with you if you are not absolutely committed to God. Here's what he said. But when he saw the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he said, you bunch of snakes, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. I mean, strong words, passionate words. 
I've been wanting to ask you a question all week, and so I'm going to go ahead and, and ask it of you. If there was a, a passion barometer, if there was a passion meter on a scale of zero to ten, zero means you don't know God. And some of you are here today, and, and you literally don't have a relationship with God. We don't judge you. We are not throwing stones at you. In fact, what we're doing is we welcome you in because we were there. We were, before we crossed over into this life, into this eternity with Jesus, I mean, before we did that, we were right where you are. So a zero is not a hero in this instance, okay? It's a zero, all right? But on a one to ten, where are you? Think about that. On a one to ten, with ten being John the Baptist fired up and ready, it's all about Jesus and a one being, man, I'm just barely saved and I'm just going to, you know, I'm just living a mundane, mediocre Christian life. I don't know, that question really, it gets to me because really anything less than a 10 is not worthy of our Savior, right? Because Jesus gave his all and so all to him we owe. So that's his passion. I want to be like that. I want to be and I hesitated to share this Beth Moore tweet with you, but bless her heart, she is one passionate lady. And this is what she said. She said, if we have to play dumb to be accepted, make peace with being rejected. <laughs> That's strong. And then she says, respect others, walk in humility, but stop playing dumb to make insecure people feel smart. In other words, come on out. Be, be no, it's strong. Be passionate. Be zealous. I mean, people all over the world are passionate for something. I mean, there are some people in America today, and I have to say I was one of them last night, hooting and hollering and crazy about a little round ball called a basketball. And then their team is winning or their team is losing. There's kids in the stadium, in the stands, and there's grown-ups weeping. You with me? Crying. I know, you T, y'all are crying too. I mean, y'all, we lost, right? And so if, mm, listen now, if we can be that passionate for sports, how much more can we be passionate for God? Okay. Humility. This, I think, is one of the things that just so attracted John to Jesus and us to John. He must increase and I must decrease. Matthew 3, 14, he said, Jesus, no, no, I need to be baptized by you. <laughs> and you are coming to me in Mark 1, 7. He says, I, I'm, listen, guys, I'm not even worthy to, to bow down and untie his sandals. In John 1.30, he says, This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me because he was before me. Hold on that verse for just a minute. What does that mean? He is saying that Jesus Christ is preferred before me. Now, I know that I was born six months before Jesus. I get that as his cousin, and he was. But you see his insight into the deep things of God when he says, but Jesus was before me. He's the eternal son of God. And John knows that. And so John is saying, whoa, let me just tell you something. You know, you think I'm a preacher? You think I'm baptizing people? You think I'm something? No, 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 no. He said, it's not about me, but it's all about him. And listen, guys, when we do that, when we reflect the praise and when we lift up Jesus' name and his fame, I mean, God is attracted to that. God is attracted to anybody who will brag on his son. And I want to brag on 
Jesus Christ. I don't want to brag on me or say that I'm entitled to this or it's all about me. It's all about my preferences. It's all about what I want. It's not. And John would say it's not about me, but it is about Jesus and what, what he wants. Humility. A powerful characteristic and trait of a true child of God. Now, some of you are going to be asking me this question, so I'm going to go ahead and answer it for you. Pastor, I get that, and if I'm always praising the Lord and giving honor to Jesus, then who's going to help me? I mean, who's going who's to blow my trumpet, you know? Who's going to put my name in the lights? I mean, if I'm all about praising God and giving Jesus all the praise, who's going to help me? Who's going to take care of me? And i got a great verse for you. Listen to it. Matthew 23, 12, Jesus said, Whoever exalts himself is going to be humbled but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And see, that, that's God's job. God takes us out of anonymity. God takes us out of our inconspicuousness or our inauspiciousness. And, and God takes us out of our, you know, our lowliness. And God takes us out. And God will, in due time, God will raise us up. God will honor us. Ooh, let, me tell you, let me tell you this. I'd much rather be honored by God than try to honor the praise of man on my own. And so let Jesus Christ be exalted and praised. And then if there's any praise for us, then, ooh, I forgot something. Let, let me ask you all this. What if somebody said, I'm, I'm looking for a, a church in Austin, Texas that is passionate for God, that is teaching the Word of God, filled up with Spirit-filled followers of Jesus Christ, and they're humble, and they're holy, and they're walking with God. And somebody come along and said, well, if you look up Great Hills Baptist Church in the dictionary, that you, that's, that's you. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, I would just be thrilled. It'd kind of be like the feeling I got this week when, when Jessica said, Pastor, we, we, we've led 50 people to Christ. And then she tells me this morning, it's more like 167 people to Christ. And I've been telling, I've been walking around and listening to stories. People come and set up appointments with me in my office and say, I want to talk to you about something. And I'm like, what do you want to talk about? Let me tell you about the one, Brother Danny. I said, what? You know what you've been preaching on. I want to tell you about the one. I want to tell you about the one that God led me to this week to share the gospel with. And I'm just like, thank you, Lord. Just let me go to heaven. That is, that is, they doesn't get any better than that for a preacher, for a pastor of a local church. So back to humility. I've got a lot more here in my manuscript. And I'll just have to say, bless you as you read it. I've got to keep going. Number three is a preacher. He is a powerful preacher. Uh, you just can't preach like John preached and not enjoy the favor of God, but also the ire and the punishment of man. A mighty preacher. The thing that attracts me about John is the same thing about Jesus. I want you to listen to this. This is, a, this is a hard statement, but it's a true statement. Jesus and John were very kind and soft and compassionate and redemptive and helpful for those who were sinners. But John and Jesus were very harsh and polemical on those who were the righteous religious hypocrites. And he was. You read the New Testament. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You see Jesus saying, ma'am, listen, I'm, I don't condemn you, but listen, go and sin no more. And ma'am, let me, let me tell you this. The guy that you're living with, I know he's not your husband. Honey, you've had five husbands, but let me tell you something. I don't condemn you, but here's, here's drink of my water. 
and I will cleanse you and give you everlasting life. You contrast that with what Jesus, when he's dealing with the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin and the religious elite of the day, and it's so easy to become that person. It's so easy in our righteousness and in our religiosity and in our Christendom to say, oh, you lowlings underneath me, you know, look at me, I'm all that. And Jesus says, I rebuke that. That's not of me. What is of me is a contrite and a broken spirit. That person I will not cast out. That's what God's attracted to. So if you're walking around with a pompousness, you're walking around with a proud, you know, like a like a peacock, whoop, you know, you got that pride and arrogance going. God says, I resist the proud, but I am drawn to the humble, all right? So I'm, 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 I'm encouraging you today. In my younger days, I just want you to know something, I would have jumped right off of that stage. <laughs> I almost did, but I thought, think twice before you do that. Because <laughs> I hurt my knee yesterday and I can't do it, so anyhow. Preacher. That's a beautiful thing to be called, you know? Pastor Chester, they, they call him preacher. I don't know of a better title you can call a, a person, a preacher of the gospel. John was a mighty preacher. In John 3, 26 through 36, you have one of his first sermons he ever preached. Right after, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In John 3, 26 through 36, I, I don't have time to read it all, but I will read the last verse. In verse 36, John, in preaching about Christ, said these words. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Think about that for a minute. That's strong preaching. That's exclusive That is intolerant. That is, it's God's way or the highway. That is come to Jesus and receive him and be saved or condemn yourself to everlasting hell and punishment. You say, now listen, that's either true or that's not true. (laughs) It's the same message that Jesus preached, that John's preaching, that, that, that men all through the ages have been preaching. It's the message that I'm preaching today. And it's a strong message of God in His holiness, and God has come down to man in the form of His Son, Jesus Christ, and we accept Him and are saved or reject Him to our own peril. Uh, A sermon I heard on this text one day is a a beautiful sermon, and I can't, uh, I really can't improve on it. Um, Are y'all married right here on the front row? Would y'all come up here just a second? Let me me just use y'all as an illustration. Amen. Come on. Here we go. Y'all, y'all play. Matt and Molly. Okay, come on, Matt and Molly. We're going to have a wedding today. All right. So uh, let me think about this. Molly, you come over here. Matt. And uh, they are married, and they are members of our church. They play in the... I didn't know I was going to do this either, so just go roll with me, all right? And so, um, okay, I need, a, I need a best man. Anybody want to be a best? Patrick, come on. You'll you be the best man. I, I appreciate that. Amen. You're dressed for the occasion. Come on. We'll be the best man. And, <laughs> all right. You, you're, the, you're the best man. All right. And here's some. Here's, um, I'm glad y'all know each other, by the way. So here's what. Here's, I'm the preacher, right? I'm the preacher. And um, 
This is the bride. This is the groom. This is the best man. And what I want you to do is, is just take, take his hand and give it to her hand, okay? Take his hand and give it to her hand. And, all right, good, good. And then I want you to go sit down. That was John the Baptist. You see? That was John. This is Jesus. You, you're looking good, Jesus, all right? Do y'all, do y'all get it? It's, it's not about him. He, he joins them together. And by the way, this is us. We're the church, all right? And so we are wed. God bless you. Y'all did great. Y'all go out and sit down. Let's give them a hand. They did, they did a great job. And so John just fades out, right? It wasn't about the best man. We're not going to applaud the best man. He's the best man. And John says, that's, that's my job. Just put you two together. And let me just fade out. That's, that's us. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. <laughs> you preach with your life. You preach with the words that you use. And so as, as we are honoring Jesus and, and the bride of Christ and we're just fading in the background, I, I think that is a beautiful picture. The humanity and the doubting. I've ref- referenced this many times here at Great Hills. I want to reference it one more time. In Luke 7, 18 through 35, John the Baptist, and this is where I relate to him more than any other time, he's human and he doubts. He questions if Jesus really is who he says he is. Now, remember his context. John is in prison. He's at a low point in his life. He's toward the end of his life, and, and Jesus is not, really Jesus is not doing some of the things that John thought he would do. Have you ever felt that way about God? God's just not doing what I thought he ought to do. Hey, that's okay. I know we feel that way. Just be honest. We we feel that way. And John felt that way. And so John the Baptist sent two of his disciples, said to Jesus, Jesus, John's having a hard time. I'm having a hard time. What are you doing? What's going on? Are you not going to bring in the kingdom? I mean, we're not going to take care of these Romans. I mean, come on, what's happening? And Jesus said, go tell John that the sick are being healed, that the lame are walking, that the dead are being raised, and the kingdom of God is being preached. Go tell John that. And then Jesus said, and by the way, tell John and tell everybody, blessed if you're not offended because of me. What Jesus is saying is, don't take offense at God because God's not doing what you think God ought to be doing. God's just smarter than us. So in, in my humanity and doubting, and I, I'm just going to bear my soul with you all for just a minute. This happened a number of years ago. I don't you be nervous. It didn't happen yesterday. But even if it did, I, I should still be able to share it. So Ashley and I, we were in ministry and, and we're serving the Lord. I've never told you this story, but I'm going to tell you now. She doesn't know what I'm going to say. So why don't you all come back next week and we will... I'm just kidding. If you're, if you're in the ministry, Pastor, uh, Pastor Ochester or James Tisdall, you pastor lots of pastors, you, you know you'll reach this point sometime in your ministry when you're like, I just don't know I'm going to keep doing this. Just being real, right? Lord, I, I think you need to ask somebody else to do this. Here, I've done it now for a little while. Just give it, I'm going to give it to somebody else. And so I called Johnny Hunt, one of my dear friends, and I, I couldn't talk on the phone because I was crying. And Pastor Johnny said, Danny, get in your car, get your bride, and drive down here to Woodstock. You're coming to my house. I said, okay, sounds good to me. So I, 
I told the church, I said, I'm, I'm checking out. I'm, 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 not, I'm not doing well. And um, so Asher and I drove to Pastor Johnny's house, and for two days, he just spent time with me. He encouraged me, and, and he told me something that changed my life, and I hope it changes your life. He said, Danny, don't question in the dark what God showed you in the light. Anybody else need to hear that? Don't doubt, don't question, don't worry, don't fear in your hard times what God clearly showed you in the good times, the mountain tops. It put gas back into my spiritual tank and I guess, actually, that was, what, 2002, 2003? And so we've been running on that gas for, for many years. Humanity and doubting. We all are going to doubt and fear. I, you know, I was listening to John Calipari, that great theologian from Kentucky. He's a basketball coach, by the way. He, uh, I don't even know if he knows the Lord, but I know he's an amazing coach. And he, on ESPN this week, he Kentucky went eight and one, eight and eight, eight and one. Does that feel like life? <laughs> eight and one, then you go to eight and eight. Eight and eight for Kentucky is terrible because they just win all the time. He said, I watched my players doubt themselves. I, I watched them lose confidence. And he said, and I told them, I said, guys, come on. Stay with the process. Don't quit. I've seen this many times in my coaching career. John Calipari is 59 years of age. He said, I've been coaching for 30 years. He says, we're going to come out of this. Don't lose hope. Have faith. Trust in your brother. I mean, you stay with the process. All the great coaches say this. Stay with the process. We're going to come out. We're going to be okay. And you know what? He was right. They went on and won the SEC championship. They went on through uh, 64, 30. Now they're on their way to the sweet 16. And I, and I share this with you to say, stay with your marriage. Stay with your church. Stay with your job. Hang in there. Because even though you're at a low point, there's coming a day. God will lift, he will lift you up. Okay. Last thing I want to share with you is John's martyrdom. And it is a powerful story recorded in Matthew 14, 3 through 12. There are two reasons why John is in prison. Number one, he told Herod, he said, Herod, you're sleeping around with your brother's wife, and that's not cool. God's not pleased with that. And so he's a powerful preacher, and so Herod just put him in prison. You know the story, Herodias said, give me the head of John the Baptist, and he did, and so he was executed. His life, as I, as I was reading, I was thinking about his life and Martin Luther's life, and I finished last night his, his book, his uh, biography, and it talked about Martin Luther often felt like he had, he had really not served God completely because he hadn't been martyred. He, he felt like that would be the highest call for him to, to die a martyr's death, but what God spared Luther, he didn't spare Tyndale. William Tyndale was the Martin Luther of England. And William Tyndale is known today for his translation of the Hebrew and Greek text into the English language. In fact, in 1611, King James got the guys together, the scholars. Basically, they worked off of Tyndale's 
work. And we got the King James Version. So William Tyndale is a hero in Christendom. And he died the same way John died. William Tyndale said, Henry VIII, it is not cool, it is not good with God that you're divorcing your wife and going to marry another lady. And that's just not of God and it's unscriptural and you shouldn't be doing that. You're a king for heaven's sakes. Come on, lead England, lead well. And he put him in prison. And they put him in prison not only for that, but especially because he preached salvation by grace through faith alone. He preached that the Word of God, the Bible, is God's final authority to us. He preached the same things that we're preaching today. And what happened to him is they put him on a stake. William Tyndale, this gifted, brilliant Bible theologian, they put him at the burn him at the stake. But before they burned him at the stake, somebody literally was so angry, they reached up and strangled him to death in 1536. And then they burned his body. And the last words he said, (laughs) my word, William Tyndale says, Oh God, open the king of England's eyes. Open his eyes so that he can see the truth. Passionate, humble, preacher, human, and martyrdom. So I circle back around. I'm going to ask you this question, and then we'll have the invitation. If you are a zero, and you said, I just have not, I just hadn't made that commitment. Listen, I was a zero for many years until I finally, God was so gracious and merciful to me, allowed me to know him. And he changed me, and God wants to change you, okay? I'm serious. Please, please. You say, what what do I do? How do I I come out of the shell and the sin and the shame? Say, Jesus Christ, I cannot do this on my own. Would you rescue me with your love? And, And he will. I promise you he will. Do you have a number in mind? You say, please don't ask me that question again. That, that, that question bothered me. Okay, I'm going to ask you. One to ten. Where are you in your passion for God? You said, now, Brother Dan, if you ask me about sports, I, that's easy. It's a ten. If you ask me about shopping or if you ask me about my craft or you ask me about what I like to do, that's an easy 10. But you're asking me about my relationship with God. And I just have to say, I'm I'm probably a 3 or a 4 today. Or some of you would say, well, praise the Lord, I'm I'm, I'm at an 8, you know. And I I just, I I hope you receive this as the way I'm trying to say it. Anything less than a 10 is not worthy of God. I want to be a 10. I just want to max out for the glory of God. And the way I do that, I think I take a page out of Holy Scripture and emulate and follow the life of John the Baptist. Watch this. Be passionate. Be humble. Be real in my doubting. And be willing even to die for the Lord. Lord, I thank you for today. And I thank you for our time together. Thank you especially for the invitation. For each person that is here today, God, I thank you that you love them. You have a plan for their life, a purpose. For the one, God, who is the one today? It may be a a young child. It may be a student, a teenager. It may be a a senior adult, a young married person, a single adult. Who who is that person, God? That today is the day of, of salvation. That today is the day when the chains are broken, the addictions fall off, and Jesus Christ reigns supreme in their life. God, I pray. That whoever she is or whoever he is would just join me now in prayer and say, God, take over. 
Help me, God. I give you my life. I yield my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And if that's you, I want you to listen to me very, very carefully what I'm about to say. Because I, 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 I don't want you to miss this. If you genuinely are stepping out and stepping in faith to God today, we want to know about it. We, we want to hear about it. Um, in a moment, we're going to have pastors and ministers and counselors here, here at the front. And I'm going to ask all of our staff, Jennifer, uh, Wakefield, Jessica, Kowalski, Becky Dean, if, you, if you're in here, all you ladies who are on our staff and all you men of God, would y'all just go ahead and make your way now to the altar and just, just come and be ready because there's somebody here today that just needs to stand up and come to you and say, I'm that person. I'm the zero. <laughs> I don't like really being called a zero, but anyhow, I'm, I'm coming today because it's for me and I'm the one. We want to pray with you. We want to encourage you, so why don't you come? Others of you today just need a fresh anointing, a fresh touch from God by His Spirit to move you along that barometer to move you out of your four and five complacency on into the eights and the nines and the tens where you're maxing out for the glory of God. All the stuff on this earth, guys, listen carefully. It'll fade away. It'll burn. Only what we do for Jesus will last. Maybe you're here today and you need to do what Billy Graham did in 1964. Bless his heart. Bless his soul. Billy Graham, the great mighty evangelist, walks down the aisle kneels at the altar and says, Jesus, forgive me. I rededicate my life to you today. Lord, who is it today that needs to come and just needs to be ministered to by the Holy Spirit and by just the, the hand of a friend to say, I'm praying for you. I want to encourage you in your walk with God. Would they come? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand to your feet and our pastors? God bless y'all. They're all up here. We've got a great staff and ministers of the gospel. And so let's sing, Terry, and let's, let's do business with the Lord. God bless you now as you come.